Flaxmere. The population, according to the last census in 2013, is just over 9,000 people. A community that has had its fair share of negative headlines. But, as Jolene Morrell puts it, Flaxmere is no different to other communities. She says every community has its struggles, every community has crime, but then there are those people who are trying to do their best to do good things in their hometown. We're just like any other community in Hawke's Bay. We don't have big flash houses or anything, but the people here are beautiful. We get on with one another. We, we, I'm always out there saying hello. I encourage our people to talk to one another. And then there's Porky, a name perhaps that doesn't quite match up to his role as overseeing Hikoi for Life, a community gym where Hauwara is the prime focus and not expensive membership fees. Pouring outside with rain and all these people come chouncing in and I'm going, what are you doing here, you mad people? And they all laugh and they all come piling in. Hey? Oh, isn't that lovely? And Dennis O'Reilly, who takes me for a ride around Waiohiki, where development is underway for the Papakainga project. So we're now coming into um, the Ngāti Hinawera Papakainga. The carving at the front here is of Hinawera. Hinawera um, was one of Pāni of the Reef's um, progeny. Kayaku nui, kayaku rahi, nau mai ki te hōtaka a Tiahikā. This is Tiahikā on RNZ. I'm Justine Murray. Join me for this three-part series, which we will hear online and on air for the next three weeks, where I meet some people making a difference in their hometowns. Tonight, I'm in the Hawke's Bay. Jolene Morrell has 10 children, yes, 10 kids, and you'd think that with a very large family by today's standards that she wouldn't have time for anything else. Well, it's the complete opposite in her case. Over the last 20 years, Jolene has sent the Hastings District Council a number of proposals, all with the notion of creating a better environment for young people. Jolene even helps her sister run an informal hangout spot for teens from her sister's shed because they had nowhere else to go. Yeah, teen kids is a lot. Um, you want the best for them. You want them to have everything. You want them to grow and learn and to love each other and look after one another. You want them to have respect for the, themselves and their friends and, and your community and where they live. You, you just want to protect them and make sure that they're safe. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's and nowadays with our new government, um, gone are the days where we could all just have good times and kids will be happy and... She sits at her dining table when I visit her. Those proposals are in folders, filed neatly in the kitchen. Jolene's ongoing mission, it seems, is to do good things for the youth, maybe because she has a few teenagers of her own. And you just want to wrap them up in cotton wool and, and just say, oh, no, don't do that, and, no, you're not allowed that, and, but that never happens. So, um, yep, 
unemployed. I'm unemployed and I stay home and um, watch my babies. I, um, I'm heavily involved in our um, community and I attend as many hui as possible. There is a belief system happening here, fueled by Etu Fano, a program developed by the Māori Reference Group to create change in communities. It's a kaupapa that Jolene believes in. Um, yeah, because it's really hard today. Things just, price of food's gone up, gas is expensive. Um, yeah, the cost of living is just unbelievable, <laughs> and it's a challenge. can't see nothing wrong with our community. I believe we're just like the next community over the road. Um, we're just like any other community in Hawke's Bay. We don't have big flash houses or anything, but the people here are beautiful. We get on with one another. We, we I'm always out there saying hello. I encourage our people to talk to one another. Um, I share my stories with them. Recently, I've just um, I've had a passion and a drive to share the messages from Etu Fano that that send out um, six values, and and it's just teaching our people their values and who they are. And no, I I just think our community is awesome. I, I can't see any doubt. We have we have crime, we have um, youth violence, we have um, drugs in our community. But what community doesn't have all those? We're not a perfect place, but we're definitely a vibrant, um, happy community. We we want we want things for our people here, and and together we we're passionate to get those things going. Now, what what um, what Kopapa? You've been involved in a range of things over the over the past few years, actually. What's one of those issues that you've um, spoken up about in in, in action against? Um, one of the things I do have a passion and a drive for is to get our kids a youth space. Um, a space that they call their own, somewhere where they can um, go to and feel relaxed and not be told that you can't stay here for too long, you have to leave because I'm going to shut the door on you. And um, I just want somewhere where the kids can walk in, sit down and, and feel like that they, they can just um, relax and no one's going to um, judge them or say, oh, you should be at school, why aren't you at school? And give them 20 questions when all they want is just somewhere to sit down and um, park up so yeah youth space is definitely what this community needs in the past in the 80s there used to be a, a youth centre here established by the community and um, unfortunately it burnt down in 2007 it was called the Tafano House mm-hmm. and, and that building was a beautiful place it was where everyone came and met and it was where um, families functioned and services were able to uh, meet people there and um, set things up but um, we don't have those anymore. The the kids um, don't have anything to go to anymore. There's hardly ever um, uh, activities in the community for them to at- attend. And, uh, and I'm not just talking about kids in general. I'm talking about our kids at risk and our, our hard-to-reach families and our hard-to-reach youth. Give us a snapshot of what their proposal's about, Jolene. I created a... Um, these are funny. I've got proposals all over the place. I think council. How many proposals have you done in the last 
20 years. Oh, heaps. I, I kept sending a youth space, youth sense a proposal to council, I don't know how many times, even with pictures of how we'd like it designed and stereo systems and so on. I've always thought, you're not, you know, you're not going to know unless you give it a try. And then we even had ideas of having a mobile youth space where we'll drive to you if you couldn't make it to the centre. So. Like a huge van or like a huge, huge mobile yeah, unit yeah, or something. Yeah, like a huge caravan, mobile, something. Yeah. yeah, one of the kids came up with that idea. And yep. we started realising that the kids' friends were all meeting, so I said to my sister, well, you know, we've always had this trust. We've, we've got an established entity, so why not? Why don't we bring it back to life? So we did. So we we walked down into the shed, and all these kids with their hoodies and stuff on, and had, had created a, a ping pong table out of a broken ping pong um, table and some bread crates. They'd stacked them up, and they were all around it, and they were sitting. We sat there, we were having a cup of tea, watching, listening to these kids laughing and talking, and and then they, I I said to this one of the kids. Oh yeah, oh, I'll have a game of ping pong. And he turned around and he said to me, "Oh, do you know how to play ping pong?" I was like, "Ping pong? Isn't aren't you playing ping pong?" Oh no, no, it's called ping pong. So we, I knew then that these kids had created a game, they owned their game, and it was their game, you know. And I, I just, I thought they were amazing. They didn't care if they didn't have a big flash ping pong table. They just had a space. And then a week later. So I went over and I said, oh, we're having a meeting today. Where's all these kids? And she goes, well, I told them to come over, but apparently there's a new new, um, hangout place. And she jumped in the car. So I jumped in the car with her. And we drove over to a a little um, place just across the road from her house with all these um, uh, uh, council flats. And in the middle of these council flats were these huge trees. And then she goes, look up. And I looked up in this tree. And there were all these kids sitting in this big tree. They'd gone and moved their youth space into a tree. We had to get them out of the tree. I was like, right, <laughs> you just have to get out of this tree. This is a council, um, these are council flats, and, you're, and these kids are in their tree, and they're like, oh, where do we go to now? And we're like, well, you can come back in the shed. And I looked at my sister, and she goes, well, I obviously can't shut them out because this is what's going to happen. They're just going to move from... Either shed to shed, shed or, or tree, tree to, to tree, tree. <laughs> <laughs> and, and wreck fences as they go along. So we ended up, oh, well, we'll stay in our little shed. Just recently hooked up with Etu Whānau. Mm-hmm. I, I loved reading the stuff about Etu Whānau, their messages. And that was a couple of years ago, but um, I did a, my daughter did a speech on Farno resilience, and we had um, we were invited to a big... Uh, a mongrel mob gathering at a marae just out of um, Hastings. And mongrel mob is a local gang, well, yeah, nation, yeah. nationwide gang. Um, it was, uh, yeah, and it was an outside gang that had came come into Hawke's Bay that, that afternoon, so they had asked if we could um, go along and be part of the um, cooking crew. I thought, oh, yeah. Anyway, I could hear all these guys at this big table that were sitting around talking about the change and how they'd like to see better themselves and all the... I thought it was quite amazing. I was like, whoa, these guys are talking about changing their ways and they want to move forward and, and they want a better future for their families and their wives and, and their rangatahi. And I was thinking, gee, they're amazing. And then I started talking to one of the boys and I told him that my daughter had did a speech on whānau resilience. So he said to me, "Which oh... Cool, cool. Are you able to read us your speech? And I was like, oh, okay. 
there were like twenty odd members sitting there staring at me. These are patched patch members, patched gang members, <laughs> yeah. mongrel mob members, patch gang. Yep, and I was like, wow. Um, okay, so I got up and started introduce myself, and then I started reading my speech, and then after I'd finished, the speech was over six minutes long, and after I'd finished, the room was quiet. And then I looked around, and then this one guy stood up, and he goes, that was so beautiful. You spoke everything about what we want to do as a gang and what we want to see for our families. And he had tears in his eyes. He wanted to change the way how he's been treating his family. He wanted to stop going to jail. They all started, you know, they, they wanted to see a change. And that was in 2011, 2012, yeah. And I was like, oh, that is so cool. I've just been driven so much to just drive some of this. I think for me it was when we started losing all our kids and then and then you sit there and wonder, oh, where's the where's the post-prevention people? Where's the intervention people? Where's this? Where's that? Who are they? He is well known as a stand-up comedian, but Mike King retired from that work a year ago. The former drug addict and alcoholic has suffered from depression for most of his life. Today he works as a mental health advocate. For about eight years he has been travelling the country talking about suicide prevention and mental health awareness. For the past two years he has been talking at schools. The first was Taipa Area School in Kaitaia. Flaxmere has had a recent spate of young suicides just this year. Jolene helped set up an evening community meeting at Flaxmere College. Mike King talked about his experiences. How we talk to our children becomes their inner voice. How we talk to our children becomes their inner voice. So if we're constantly criticising our children and constantly telling them they're useless, they're going to grow up with the same head that I have, not so big, but just the same thing going on inside, which is you're useless, you're useless, you're useless. And this is a voice that I will have for the rest of my life. But with the help of counsellors, you know, I've kind of got it under control. So whenever, you know, I go into communities where, where they're having the same problems that you guys are having here, everyone, everyone thinks the kids are the problem. Our kids are not the problem. Flaxmere is a small town and is around 10% of the population of Hastings. Jolene worked with hip-hop artist and producer Tipene Hama and helped set up the Flaxmere Music Academy. Now let me take you back where this brother started out. Just a chapter of my life I wrote a song about. My mum was only Started off with the music wananga. I was like, oh, what kid doesn't love music? I was like, yep, that's me. We'll just have a music wananga. We'll have a, um, go and book the marae, stay there for three days. Um, I'll have try some people and come down, in. Yeah, hey, try and track down some musicians, run some workshops with the kids. Um, yeah, so out of our music wananga, we, um, we were able to, um, the following week, we focused on the... Um, uh, the Monday after we came back, um, everyone came back. Uh, Tiffany was able to edit the song. Yeah. Too far, no. 2015, 
This Flex Music Academy And two yeah. New generation of MCs Get kid I said F to the L to the A to the X to the M-E-R-E Bahara Keke F to the L to the A to Kind of been the unofficial people's voice You pretty much I've tried I, I, I try and explain to everyone I always say so my name's Jolene, I'm a mother of 10, I'm unemployed, I'm just, I, I have concerns just like you, and here we are together to try and sort them out together, and that's pretty much where it's been. Dennis O'Reilly describes himself as a resultant. That is, he is all about getting results. It's the social sector, the grassroots level of change that he is committed to. His background is somewhat eclectic, from working as an aspirant priest to the national organiser for the Black Power Gang in the early 70s and working in senior management. We're just driving past here is the Napier Golf Club. One of his roles today is the chair of the Wailhiki Community Charitable Trust. The trust runs the Wailhiki Arts Village, a cluster of studios and accommodation where artists create their work and public workshops and exhibitions are run. Nearby is a Papakainga project, a marae and our transmedia headquarters. In 1896, Kudabuk Tariha was the sergeant major of the Māori contingent of friendly natives uh, who went to Queen Victoria's um, 60th and he was a very tall athletic man and they took him up to St Andrews um, where he played golf and he came home and he and his brother turned their farm into the Napier golf links and he won the 1903 New Zealand Open and then this is the what was the Waiohiki Dairy Factory, and this was um, where uh, the Māori landowners yeah. uh, put the land in, and the Pākehā whānau um, put uh, money and expertise in and created a dairy factory and a cheese factory. And then in 1989, we purchased this as a... Uh, as a partnership, a bicultural partnership between Ngāti Pāro, the uh, Ahikā, and the, the uh, Pākehā families from around the area. Um, we've established this Waiohiki Creative Arts Village, and there's about 70 people who work out of here. Um, we have some social housing, um, and a lot of activity, uh, pottery, weaving, um, crafts, art and crafts of all type uh, and we hope that this will become the sort of centre um, for, our, for our tourism for the village and the Waihit Community Trust manages the social housing uh, for the Papakainga around the area. What we do here is provide um, low income uh, housing for whānau oh, okay. um, uh, and low income workshop space um, and good studio, good cheap studio with good quality, uh, you know, environment. Uh, so, you know, and then we've got the little retail shop here. Um, so our notion is to build Waiohiki as a 21st century Māori community. 
So we're now coming into um, the Ngāti Hinawera Papakainga. The carving at the front here is of Hinawera. Hinawera um, was one of Pāni of the Reef's um, um, progeny. So hence this is the, the Ngāti Hinawera Papakainga. This is on ancestral land, but ancestral land that's in general title. So we had to go through an extraordinary piece of work with the city uh, with the Hastings District Council so there are eight houses of two bedroom three bedroom and four bedroom if you notice um, for instance on the you know the little um, the little detail called fi fi on each of the houses and subtle subtle little things then down here we have copied the uh, gardening styles that were used up on Otatara Otatara and Hikurangi the, the two big pars here so we've got this, um, this is a touch field in here, using what's called a sw the swale method. It's a permaculture method. So you're growing into the face of all these swales here. And then we've got, um, then as the, um, as the septic tank system comes, it goes through what's called a clear water system. And it comes out here and, and, and down the bottom we've got a, there's a, a, about three meter deep of shingle beneath this and then we've planted citrus uh, over it and the citrus are shallow rooting um, and they also like the nutrients. So and it's not uh, connected to any main line No, so no, speak. no, we, we, we're not connected to any uh, main system here. We're, um, uh, these little peri-urban Maori communities have pretty much been neglected by um, uh, the local authorities. In fact, they wanted them to go away really because they're a bit of a nuisance. Thinking has changed. Um, and the council have now got a much more progressive sort of uh, policy. So there's all our early spuds are in there. We've got, uh, there's a quite comprehensive orchard around the place. And now we come on to the Marae complex. Um, and so this, we're about to build our, our, um, our house was destroyed by an arsonist um, oh. some 12 years ago. Um, and um, it has had a metaphysical effect on Ngāti Pārau. We've been somewhat nuhu, um politically and um, socially over this last um, decade or so. We've now sort of managed to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps. That, um, in the Urupā there is the, um, is the tomb of... Uh, this is actually a Commonwealth war grave, Rawadi, uh, from the Māori Pioneer Battalion is buried here, but the big tomb there um, is Tari Hatamananui's tomb. He was the first Māori to speak in the New Zealand Parliament in September 1868. This is the new profile um, for um, the, the new uh, dining room and meeting house. Uh, the kohangareo there will be moved down to um, down in the front. Uh, we'll have a, a, a new Wharanui uh, and then a, a dining room, but for the next two years or so we're going to operate under canvas um, in terms of our dining facilities. And now we're driving over to the Awa Transmedia Studio. Uh, unfortunately there's a block of family land here that was, was lost through a, a poor investment I suppose you could say. Um, and um, uh, the landowners are now Brownrig and um, Brownrig and Lowcorp, two of the big uh, horticulturalists and agriculturalists in the Hawke's Bay. And this was disused 
We went to them and said, could we use this, please? Um, and they said, yes. And we said, um, well, shall we make a contract or a deal? And they said, no, a handshake will be quite fine. And we said, how much rent do you want? And they said, we don't want any rent. And we said, how long can we use it for? And they said, you can use it for as long as you like. Kia ora whanau, this is Net. What's up everyone, I'm Aroha. We're down at Ngāpau Ohere Taunga, and today on the show, we're going to bring you a bit of a corridor with our program. Locally owned and operated Awa Transmedia is all about telling community stories. One show they produced was called The Real, hosted by Tipine Hama and Aroha Treacher. So what is a typical day for you here at Awa Transmedia? A typical day here, so we get in uh, nice and early and it will vary between going out into the community and filming events or interviewing people amongst the community, talking to them about what they are doing and things along those lines. Other than that, we have editing. We are always very, very busy with editing. We have an upstairs, which is a studio. We have been doing filming in the last couple of weeks up there, filming uh, different skits with members of the community. It's always go here. Yeah. Filming, mm-hmm. editing and releasing things on social media, keeping very active on uh, social media is very important. Yeah. We need to uh, be communicating with our community to be able to be giving them the right messages. So what are the, the standout things that AWA has been involved with in the community? Oh. <laughs> it's quite a long list there. Um, earlier this year we worked alongside uh, Titai Timu Trust and they have uh, camps held at the beginning of every year, and we worked alongside them in promoting uh, their camp. The camp is for at-risk youth, and uh, it's such a, a really, really good initiative that he has, and we worked alongside him. We got out there, we filmed, we took our drone out and got it up in the air and got some really amazing shots and created a little promotional video for him that he could then go out and... Um, show that to other people and, and share his vision. So we worked alongside him with that, which was, it's great, it's great. The, the 100th centenary of um, Kahu Ranaki Marae, um, the, we did the Napui Festival, yep. we did a whole lot of stuff at Waitangi, mm-hmm. uh, where we recorded the um, Etufano values um, and used all sorts of sort of high-profile people and made these little vignettes up with them. Um, we have done comprehensive anti-bullying um, programs. Is this more a, um, a community-driven kaupapa or is there, is there money to be made for you guys? We've got a differential in, in prices. We, we, there's a sort of, you know, if you're a commercial right. crew, we'll charge you this. If you're a community crew, we'll charge you that. So um, we're, we've probably got... We've got Two years funding committed, or one and a half years left, I suppose. Um, and so within that time, we've got to learn how to stand on our own feet. But um, we, more and more people are coming to us, and um, yes, and you know, you've just got to be confident about the future. But it, you've got to be on the ball. Yeah, when we put things online, we're very aware that uh, it's all very fast-paced. They want things now, they want things yesterday, they want things really fast, so we have to... Uh, create little videos that uh, deliver the message clearly, powerfully and in a way that it's just one, two, three minutes any longer and you lose your audience. So we are putting constantly putting uh, positive and uplifting messages online, uh, positive and uplifting videos, and then we monitor these. We see their comments, see whether they're responding to them, seeing whether they're taking it in, uh, seeing who's sharing it and where they're sharing it is also very important. 
um, we're seeing, when you share it, you can add your own message at the top. So we're seeing what those messages are, if they're understanding what we're trying to get across and if they're agreeing with it, disagreeing with it, it's all very important. Um, we don't expect everyone to love um, everything we put up, but we, and so if we put something up and it doesn't resonate with the youth, then we learn from it. Scribble the Crusader. The one thing you can, we have this class, half past ten, Monday, Wednesday and Friday, you can guarantee over 80% of this class will be here Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Pouring outside with rain, and all these people come chouncing in, and I'm going, what are you doing here, you mad people? And they all laugh, and they all come piling in. They're an absolutely awesome class, really, really awesome. Hey? Oh, isn't that lovely? Yes, and you better be nice, too. <laughs> Yeah, you my grandparents jumped on a boat for a dream they were trying to keep afloat. Fifty years later, what's the grandson made it? Now I'm riding down the road in my BMW. I ride it for my nana who the On the day of my visit to Hikoi for Life Gym, I was supposed to meet up with Liz Hokyanga, the force behind Hikoi for Life. But instead he has other business in Parliament. And instead of rescheduling, he tells me to talk instead with Porky Marekura. As it turned out, Porky was unaware of my visit, but luckily for me, happy to oblige to an interview. He exudes charisma, and I can see that this gym is not your ordinary gym. Far from it. They want to encourage whānau, kaumātua and youth fitness. There are no spandex-wearing loud grunting noises in sight. Instead, there are a few laughs, a bunch of eagerly awaiting kaumātua to start their exercise session, and a co-papa that's getting loads of buy-in. Now, what we have here, we have this mischief bunch of people. They, they are the most mischief bunch of people. Oh, my God, there they go. This is our Komatua class. And the, the thing about our Komatua class, these are 60-plus. All of these people are 60-plus. And, and at the moment, they have... Um, our, our man Jack Fraser, who actually takes them. Oh my gosh, he spoils them rotten. He has them up there, they're doing snoring exercises up there, singing up there. <laughs> That's how lovely they are. They, they are just an awesome bunch of people. Oh fantastic. Well, welcome everybody to today. Um, even though there's stacks of grey clouds out there, the sun still seems to be getting through somehow. <laughs> Just cut that out. <laughs> this has been framed. I've been framed here. <laughs> So, welcome back to Natalie. Natalie's going to say hello in a few words. I'm back. Cool. So, uh, hey, always nice to see you. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, what, Frank, what are you doing to all the men because they're not turning up? What are you doing to all the guys? <laughs> oh, cool. Well, we're going to get a start today. We're heading up to the mezzanine today. 
We're going to. Um, no, not today. I, I, I saw it again about you guys playing with the balls, and um, I was a little bit apprehensive about you guys getting your hands on these things here. <laughs> I didn't want to. Didn't want. Yeah, well, I didn't want that to trigger off any um, any ideas. Okay, so um, we're going to head up to the mezzanine today, and we'd like you to get into pairs when you get up there. Um, so choose carefully who your partner will be. So um, if we could all head up there uh, now, and we can set ourselves up to start this um, group activity. Here's our other people. Luke, can you come over here, please? You just <laughs> here we are, Luke. We have just a few things about um, about your fakata yeah. and you're thinking about where we are at the gym. Yeah. Just like, what do you think about Hikoi for life? Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, love it. Um, working there for for six uh, six weeks has been interesting. It's been uh, you know good to get into the work workforce. It's been a, been a while, so yeah, I'm enjoying it at the moment. Everybody here has been really uh, welcoming. You get to meet a lot of new people on the job, so it's a uh, first time for me. So people come in and you greet them and yes. then you take care of new memberships? Yep. <laughs> oh, just oh there's a new membership one. taking place right now? Yes. Gee, and $2. $2. $2, eh? $2. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's for, the, for the gym visits if you become a member. So it's not. It's definitely not about making profit here? No. Oh, yep, so we've got indoor netball, Zumba fitness. Yes. Do you think other iwi who are listening to this can also do this kaupapa in their own hometown? Yeah, why not? I hope so. You know, it's, uh, it's good for the community. Yeah. Hey, this is one of our, um, our regulars. His name is Bernie. Hey, Bernie, we've got a, um, a person here just doing a bit of an interview about our, our gym. What, yeah. One of the big things about it is, is the friendliness here. At friendliness. any time that you want to know anything, all you have to do is come along to one of these guys here. No trouble. They come out here and, you know, turn around and show you what it's all about and what to do. And always got a smile on their face, these guys here, I tell you. I'll, I'll pay you after for that. <laughs> so we're just moving through the gym. It's actually quite a huge... In the middle we've got like an indoor netball type of... Um, I think Court? this is one of the biggest ones uh, which really helps us here is that um, this is exactly that, our indoor netball gym but uh, one of the ones that we have here and I know we've, um, we've had some is that we invite um, parents and people to bring their children in the mokopuna here so we have um, classes here where you could have grandparents, parents and the mokos all working all together and the, one of the ones we have mummies with newborn babies who are wanting to get fit and they come here because they go to the other gyms the other gyms won't allow their, they've got to put babies into a creche we ask them look put baby beside you in your pram as long as baby's been taken care of right beside you you're watching baby no problems bring baby in and they they're just totally dumbfounded or otherwise while they're actually working out what we actually ask them to do is um, to put baby inside him we'll give baby some toys, some balls to play with, and they can actually watch baby inside here while they're actually doing the um, working. And it's a safe environment. It's a safe environment. It's cool. It's pretty nice. And uh, all we ask is if baby cries or if anything, that you go and look after baby. And they really enjoy it because otherwise they'd have to pay somebody at home or pay somebody and put baby in a creche. Oh boy. So, and we do have a few of the mummies who actually bring their children, which yeah. is absolutely awesome.
There's, a, there's about five um, treadmills, rowing machines, stationary bike lead. I mean, this is... It, it has basically all the equipment that you could want at a gym. It's not 2015 stuff, but as the people say, it does the jobs. We actually have up top, we also have two rowers up top, which are rowers um, that they think with Wakahama. Um, from here in Hastings, from a tiny place out called Bridge Pa, um, which is the capital of Hastings, and we refer to it as the centre of the universe. <laughs> My original roots, though, are from uh, the beautiful Mount Ruapehu, uh, Ohakune, and that's where my um, dad's whanau are from. So, kia ora tātou. Kia ora, kia ora, Pōki. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. What is hikoi for life? I suppose, as the word says, it's a hikoi that we take for all of our life. It's one of those ones where um, we're trying to provide something where people can come and feel good about themselves and when you come and have a look at us, we aren't all skinny little minis here at our gym. We're just basic, ordinary people trying to um, get healthier, trying to um, offer that to our people. So it's really a place where we try to offer people somewhere to come to to feel good about themselves and an awesome setting that we have here at our gym. So you're not, you're not only saying hikoi in the physical sense, you're saying it in a metaphorical way. Exactly. Um, we started off as a gym, but we're moving more towards a wellness centre, as I think what the name that we want to be known as. And the wellness centre, because as you just pointed out, it's not only about the physical side, it's about those other parts also. When we think about fitness, everybody thinks if I go to the gym, I work out hard and um, everything going well, I'm going to look like those picture models that you get. When in reality we know, and we have a lot of people who come here, work out every day, do everything right, but they can't lose the weight. So we're trying to make them understand that it's more than just a physical one. It's about understanding the foods that we eat and having an understanding about those. So that's one of the biggest um, problems and issues. It's also not only about physical but about the mental and the well-being of our um, people also. How did this all start? Okay, I think it really started. Um, Les has always had a passion, as we have. Um, he comes from a rather, what we say, a big family. Not only um, numbers-wise, in, in numbers but and uh, how we look. And I think one of his biggest goals is um, his dad had um, issues with his weight. And his dad fought all his life to try and become fit. So that, I know that that was part of his um, cope up and part of his reason for wanting to help people get fit. But I think there was a few guys sitting around, what can we do? They decided what they were going to do was take a hikoi, uh, a bike ride down to Wellington and present a plan for um, basically um, for our multi people about how we can possibly get um, fitter and help ourselves. From that... Um grew this kaupapa. Yep, they, they, they biked all the way down and actually when they biked down... When did they bike down? What year did they bike down? Um, oh, jeez, it'd be about... F well, Tariana was um, right in her prime, so I think it must have been at least about four or five years ago. They biked all the way down to um, Wellington. The day they biked down, 
happen to be one of the strongest winds blowing from Wellington up here. I know they had quite a battle, even just getting out of here in Kaunanu down to uh, down to Wellington. So How many cases is that? 500, 400? I think from here, 300, 300. odd cases. 300 odd cases. Yeah. 300? Yeah. I'm sure it is. There's a sign about, yeah, about 300 cases. Yeah, that's about right. So did the germ from, from that was the... Um, so here at Cho- well the facility is called Choices, but yep. here was the gym always there. The or? gym has always been here. It's been under um, different management, and it wasn't really doing well before they decided to look at taking over the um, management of the gym. And I think the co-papa I love about the gym and why it um, why it, it brought me here was that it was about making coming to the gym affordable. You know, we only charge two dollars. Every time you want to come to the gym, there's a we have our, our our year. It's a small yearly membership fee, but we only charge two dollars. And when people look at us and I go, two dollars, and I say, yeah, yeah just two dollars. And there's no things that um, you're going to get charged two dollars if you're not here. Like um, a lot of gyms set you up with automatic payments, yeah, and whether you just, come or yeah, go, right, you're going to pay way. it. Well, yeah. our thing is no, you know, and two dollars is what we believe for a lot of our family is is what they can afford and and that be is a lot of people go how do you survive and we just smile and carry on don't know we're still here five years later we're still here and we only charge two dollars and we look for other areas to try and um get funding and we've been um lucky along the way to um get some funding here and there so Tell us about the recent Living Tonga Awards that you attended where you had to present an award what yeah did you do? um uh, there, there was a good one my um my manager actually said to me one day, he said, oh, uh, Porky, would you like to take your wife to um, to dinner? And I went, hey? And he goes, yeah, would you like to take her? And I said, oh, yeah, bro, oh, choice, thank you very much. So our Kahununu Awards here, um, we had to, uh, he sent me along, gave me the tickets. When I actually got there, I had to end up presenting this tonga. And I was, <laughs> I looked at him and get up in front of this room full of people and all these things up here. And I had to present to Tonga and give a little bit of a spiel about our gym. I ended up coming to my part. I got up there and I was going, now what the heck are you going to do? And I said, look, you come from a gym. So I got all these people to stand up behind their chairs and do, because this food, oh, and the food was, Tunuata was beautiful. Well, as I said, with beautiful food comes a cost. And so I had them doing um, squats behind their chairs and they were just <laughs> cracking up. I said, well, this is what you do. And I think that's one thing that we need to take in our life. The cost of that beautiful food that we have, there's a cost. And as long as we're prepared to pay the cost, that's part of what our hiko for life is all about. Mm, and it's all about moder- you know, moderation. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's one of the biggest ones we, um, we have here. I, I think people, and even myself, and I'm of that, um, that same ilk. I, um, I love my food. No ifs, no buts, no maybes. But I have to understand um, that the food that uh, I'm no longer 21. And, you know, I could, when I was younger, I could eat. I could eat and eat and not put a pound, not put an ounce. And you forget that you, know, you used to run everywhere, you used to play sports every day, walk and everything here. Now uh, you just walk around the corner, now you get on the van and you uh, drive around there. We're not 21 and we need to understand that. So 
hence why when I have a look, part of what we try to tell our people and organise with our people is that um, f- to live a healthy life is not only about exercising, it's about understanding the things that we're eating and how they, what those actually do to our bodies. So we try to provide some, um, some healthy um, cooking classes and different things that will help our people to understand them. We've had a, um, a few of those help, and people are just overwhelmed and blown away by making uh, uh, what we would term a big meal absolutely exciting and awesome to look at and actually cook. I think we don't take the time now like we used to. And I used to remember my mum and my aunties and uncles, when they prepared a, a meal, it took them time to prepare it. And I think we've come into that easy life of, oh, takeaways is easy, quick and easy. And I think that um, time to prepare a meal is all about savouring that beautiful food that we used to grow up, uh, grew up with when we were young. How many people in the team, in the Hikoi for Life team? Okay, we've had... Um, our team is growing, so we have our manager, um, Les. We have our um, assistant manager, which happens to be my daughter. And we have some debates there about, <laughs> you can't tell me what to do, I'm your father. So we have here, and we have um, another daughter who's our admin person. Um, and we have um, Daryl Muhi, he's one of our trainers here, and myself. Um, we've recently um, taken on um, another one, so that's five, and we've actually got two boys on a MSD program, so about seven, seven all up. And, and they and the thing I love about our cope up is they they're all the all the same, and we're all not little people. So I, I think when people actually come into our gym initially. They come in and looking for these uh, skinny little people. <laughs> Lycra, yeah, and we know, crack up. Iron Marty. One of the biggest ones we have is we um, we actually have quite a good um, uh, section of young people who actually come. And my first thing I say to them, okay, boys, if you come here to um, have a look in the mirror, to see yourself um, doing all those things in the mirror, the only mirror we have in our gym is in our whanepaku. So if you want to spend all day in there, and I must say, I have actually caught some of our boys in front of there, so it was quite a quite a cracker, but that's the only place there's a mirror. There's no mirrors um, within our gym for people to have a look at. One of the best things I, I do, and I say this um, with all humility, is that the people come in and they go, there's a feeling here. It's a feeling they said, you feel so welcome. And I suppose that's exactly what we said. We're all here on that hikoi just like you. We all want to get ourselves fitter and ourselves um, in a better place health-wise. It's a cruel June morning on the edge of the city. It's so damn hot and my neck is feeling gritty. I gotta find something to do. Cause if I don't pretty soon, I think I'll go do Every day seems like the same old thing. Listen to the brothers talking about the damn Mac 10. I gotta roll, cause I got a feeling. I gotta keep the sound of the underground real in. And I'm out like bell bottom trousers. Pretty funky chunky dropping beats by the hour. And you know, the sisters on the boulevard don't give me props, they just too damn hard. Stroll right past them, roll right past them. Even though they talk crap and make me wanna blast them. Because I'm chill, I have to keep subliminal. Cause I know my enemies are white collar criminals. Run. 
child, I got a major dose of funk. I'm sick with the flavor of the thick chocolate stuff, but a pessimistic attitude can get in the way. So when the night comes, all you wanna do is play. So we roll to the club to see if we can get it on, even if we don't know how we're gonna make it home. Cause once on the floor, we can really shake a booty. Shaking all our troubles away, doing the duty. Going on, keeping on till the break of dawn. Come every Friday, and I could have sworn I seen the same guy in the same shirt, wonderful. Had some trouble with the guys at the door, cause everywhere we go, it's like a show. You gotta watch your back, because you never know. 